Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple, and it's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. And you know, I've made this podcast my very own. I've talked about different things. And you know, that's just what you have to do when you want to be a podcast host. You got to know how to reach your audience. And best of yet, I'm on Apple iTunes. So, go to anchor.fm to start. And like I said, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's that's anchor.fm fm slash start i can't wait to hear your podcast welcome to living inspiration i'm your host demarco williams and today i have mr brandon mccright so mr mccright tell us a little bit about yourself so um demarco how long have we know each other like two years three years something like that not not super super long right uh, i say about a year and a half a year and a half I, I thought it was a little bit longer anyways um it's just weird you call me Mr. McCright. That's the reason I asked that question. Um, so, yeah, I'm Brandon. I was uh, born and raised in South Carolina. lived in the upstate all of my life. Um, traveled a good bit around. Um, I've held many different jobs, many different hats. Uh, never really found one that stuck, um, except for the ones that I do on the side. I am a college graduate, if that amounts for anything nowadays. Um... I don't know. I'm I'm married. I'll be married for six years next month. So December will be six years, and my wife hasn't killed me yet somehow. And she's a redhead, so you know she's got an anger problem. Um, And right now she's pregnant with our third kid. We've got two boys, one that's going to be four and one that'll be three the beginning of next year, and a little little baby girl on the way in March. So, yeah, we are – we're definitely – we're definitely doing something. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's something. Well, congratulations on that. And um, So we're going to go ahead and start with our first question. What does it mean to be in a relationship? So I think the biggest problem that we kind of have right now is most people think of relationships as a... I mean, to be brutally honest, it's kind of like, a, oh, I'm in this relationship because I love this person. Um, love isn't really what we think it is. A lot of people kind of look at Romeo and Juliet now as a love story, um, when actually the funny part is Shakespeare wrote it as a warning. Um, and here's where that's kind of crazy. At you know, we we push the idea of love, we push the idea of relationships. Um, what you have to realize is, as a relationship, has to move past that you know buttery butterfly jittery feelings of 
um, of, you know, not just lust. I won't use lust as the word, but, you know, when you first meet somebody, you're kind of like, oh, man, I really like this person. You know, that's it's brand new. Um, and, you know, after four or five years, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, this person isn't what I wanted it to be. I don't feel those feelings anymore. Um, and so nine times out of ten, or actually that's not even true, five times out of ten, according to the national statistics, so 50% of marriages end. Um, and a lot of them quote, you know, differences in the marriage, finances, things like that. And if you love somebody the way you're supposed to, that's not the issue. Um, so what Shakespeare was trying to push is that, like, love really isn't that jittery feeling anymore. Um, back in, I'd say maybe two to three hundred years ago, they talked about how being in love in that sense, once you've been married for a while, was just preposterous. It was kind of childish and kiddish. Um, so they kind of had a different feeling of the word love. It was more of a, we care about each other, we take care of each other. We're not going to be all over each other in the movie theater when the lights get dark. Um, and so you kind of you kind of see how relationships have changed over, over the years and the centuries. Um, because people just think that it's always supposed to be some kind of exciting thing. I can tell you right now, after two kids, one on the way, and uh, a sick father, and moving a couple of times in our short marriage so far, um, that that love comes and goes, and it's okay to have that love, but we can't rely on that, because if we did, my wife would probably have left my ass a long time ago. So, I mean, that's just kind of where it comes down to. So, would you say that so what you're saying is that most people now are falling in love way too fast without understanding what it really means. Yes, I mean, because I, I mean, I can't say that people are falling in love too fast, but when you said they don't understand what it means, that does mean something more, I feel like. Because um, my wife and I, like I told you earlier, we met in December, January. We started dating in March. We got engaged the very last day of June, and we got married that December. Um, we were going to get married the next year, but we were already living together, and my wife was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't feel right about this. You know, we're we're super, you know, involved in 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 Jesus and Christianity and the culture that kind of revolves around it. And so we just kind of realized like, Hey, you know, this, this isn't what God wants for us. Um, so we, we sat down and we looked at everything. We talked about things. We talked about tithing. We talked about, um, divorce. We talked about kids. We talked about anything we could once we realized, Hey, we're getting married. Um, and did we rush into it a little bit? Sometimes I feel like we did, but the fact of the matter is it happened. Um, and since it happened, we have to deal with the cards we've been played, correct? So I look at it this way. People don't realize that, like, a relationship's more than just having fun all the time. A lot of people are really excited about a new relationship, but they forget about, hey, one day something's going to break down. One day you're not going to have enough money to buy what you want to buy. One day this is going to happen and things are going to change forever, whether it's good or bad. And people don't tend to think of things logically anymore. Um, and I guess that's what you're asking. So, yeah, I guess I guess to get into the, the main part of the question, um, what does it mean to be in a relationship? It's just, it's having the, under, it's, it's an understanding of another person. Um, if you don't have that understanding with that person, you're not able to connect with them and make that relationship happen. Very well put. So, next question. What's the difference between relationships from our older generation 
and our newer generation, starting with the older generation? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know where to start on that. I, I know that we've, I know that you've had a conversation with somebody else that said it's not a generational thing. Um, and I can agree. We shouldn't blame our generation for issues. Um, but if you look at a generation as a culture, um, instead of, instead of an age group, you kind of start to realize that, yeah, there is a huge difference. The older generations, they, they tended to do what they thought was right. Like if you get somebody pregnant, you know, they thought you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to settle down and all that. Um, I don't know if that's absolutely necessary because if, if you can't make a marriage or a relationship work, then why try to force that with the other person? Um, the older generation, I feel like, they, they kind of understood that once you enter a marriage, it, it is for life. Um, now, of course, there are exceptions to that. I feel like if you're being abused, you know, the best thing you can do is try to make it work by getting help. And if that doesn't help, then, you know, by all means, you need to leave and make yourself safe. Um, but the older generation, I feel like, would they wouldn't give up on it whenever there was an issue. They would both work to make it better. And if they didn't, other people would step in. Um, with the newer generation, we're we're the product of three other generations that have moved from using uh, regular silverware and table plates to using disposable forks and knives and paper plates. So whenever something's used up, you automatically throw it away. So I feel like a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I want to get married to this person. And then all of a sudden, after a few years, they're kind of like... Oh man, I'm I'm just done with it. I don't I don't want to be involved in this anymore. It's just not going to work. Um, and so, like, we kind of even our TVs are made that way now. We if you're if you're LCD or your or your uh, HD 4K, you know, uh, AMOLED TV goes out. What do you do? You throw it in the trash. You don't get them fixed anymore, like an old tube TV. And that's just with technology. They're made to be thrown away. And I think people have kind of pushed that over to the relationships as well. I also have to say, with our older generation, you know, some most of them you hear them say, "But well, I didn't have social media and all this when I was younger." And now, since we got all social media and all these dating sites with us now, we tend to use those dating sites to try to meet somebody, find out everything, and then we immediately fall in love. So, how would you? How would you say that would affect most relationships these days? We we want we want things we want them now. Like pretty much everywhere you go, you can get something delivered. Um, <laughs> I mean, even even the coffee shop we're in right now, they they deliver to certain places. And if if I wanted it at home and I wanted to sit my 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 fat tail end at home, I could do that. And um, I just don't see that being. I don't see it. I don't see it being an everlasting good thing. Now, granted, using a dating site—that's actually how me and Ashley met. Um, it's not a bad tool to use, but you can't use it as a crutch to make things happen. Um, I think the biggest issue that people have right now with that is that they want to rely on social media to find them something. Um, they don't actually want to put the time in to find out something about somebody. Like, cause if, if it said that me and Ashley were a 95% match and we started going through things that we both said online, they, I mean, they could be the truth. She could say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a great individual. And really, in real life, what her thought of herself is 
completely 100% different than what she put on there. Um, or same for me. Or we could put those things, and based on whatever algorithm that site uses, they could say, oh, well, you guys are a definite match. Well, they didn't also look into the fact of, you know, where we are in our in our, in our life, like goal-oriented, career-oriented, um, just, you know... It doesn't look at it doesn't look at the human factor. It just kind of looks at A, B, and C, and here's your sign. Um, and I feel like in order for that to really work, you can't just rely on that. You have to get out and talk to people. We can't just be a digital age. We, you know, the older generations were doing it right themselves. They actually went out and met people. They found out what they wanted. They found out who they liked and why they liked them. It wasn't a oh, this thing just happens to say that we match. Um, and I think, thankfully, the the site we were on wasn't really a dating site, but we happened to meet that way, and it kind of helped us get together um, through mutual agreements. And the, the older we've gotten, the more we realized, hey, you know, we didn't really know each other when we got married as well as we thought we did, um, but we keep surprising each other. And I think that's the only reason we stayed together is because our our goals and the thoughts that we have and the way we feel about things have have really kind of lined up with each other like we're the same politically the same religiously the same um when it comes to what we want to happen with our kids we don't have an issue with really too many arguments over over big things like that now of course over finances you're going to have arguments and things like that but like we are we're normally on the same page and it's not because of some site telling us hey you're a 95% match you're a 85% match you're a 99% match it was us getting to know each other and we spent a lot of days together like the majority of our time we spent together um on the phone through FaceTime um in person uh we just we took the time to get to know each other on a one-on-one basis and I think that's the reason why we got engaged and married so early is because we were like hey we know this is what we want and this isn't just something that we want to throw away. Um, she filled a lot of she filled a lot of needs. I filled a lot of her needs in life. But we also don't rely on each other to fill those needs because we realize that if we rely on the other person, we're never going to be truly happy. Um, so I feel like we've both built each other up to where we're both stronger individuals. Um, Ashley has a little bit more of a of a voice that she doesn't feel so timid about things like she's she's willing to go out and say hey you know i don't like this and now i'm kind of more realizing like hey i kind of need to soften my tone so we we brought out the best in each other i would say so if there was one thing that you would tell everyone about relationships what would it be don't be an idiot and be prepared to always apologize even if you are the one that's right um I have a really big thing is like I like to debate people and I like to do it civilly but there are a lot of people that if I debated like if I debated you DeMarco and I told you you know like well it's A, B, and C and you said no it's X, Y, Z Brandon I know it and then I proved it to you and I said see I told you and we may still be friends but deep down inside that could really hurt you and it could cause you to feel like well maybe I'm not as good as Brandon is or even vice versa the same way you know but I have to realize at that point too that like hey, just because I was right doesn't mean I can't tell them, like, hey, I'm sorry that, you know, I happen to be right or something like that. I mean, that kind of sounds, you know, asshole-ish, but um, the big thing is, like, you just kind of have to see, like, hey, you know, because because I was right, it might hurt you inside because you didn't realize that you were wrong. And so you kind of have to 
be caring about the person like hey it's actually this and here's the reason why and show them the facts about it um, but then at the same time you're gonna have to um, you're, you're gonna have to um, god what am I trying to say good lord DeMarco I've lost my train of thought um, you, you kind of have to realize that it's it's just best to show them that you still care and that you don't think any less of them um, even though they happen to be wrong um, you have to work to show them like hey um, I just wanted you to know that you know this is the right way about it and sometimes you can't come to that conclusion because a lot of times people fight about um, they fight about opinions um, and that's the biggest thing like I say you know don't if you if you're a specific religion unless you want to convert to theirs they want to convert to yours don't don't get involved. It makes it difficult, especially when you have kids. Um, if you guys believe different political ideals, that's that's a hard thing too, especially when you have kids. Um, some people can make it work, but I don't think I could because I can't stand certain things that the other the other side of the spectrum believes. And I'm not I'm not hardline on what I believe, but I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at leaning that way. Um, so, I mean, the, the biggest part that we have to kind of realize is that um, it's it's not about... I guess to wrap that part up, it's, it's, not about, um, it's not about who's right or wrong. It's just about knowing that you both care about each other enough to apologize even when you were in the right about something. Um, the other part of that would have to be... Um, just be prepared for the bad things to happen because if you're not prepared for the bad things you're you're probably going to take it out on each other really hard and you know the bad things don't necessarily have to be um things that happen between you two like i can come home from an awful day at work because i've got an idiot for a boss and uh thankfully he's leaving soon so um i want to talk to you about that later but um you know i i might come home and i might you know she might ask me to do something i'm just like god ashley you know just shut the hell up i don't want to do this today i'm so tired um, but I have to kind of step back and be like, whoa, you know, that, that wasn't directed towards you. I'm taking out my anger on you from something else that's happened. And again, it comes back to apologizing about stuff. You have to realize that like pride, pride does not have a position in your, in your marriage, in your relationship. Once pride becomes, becomes part of you and you can't even admit your faults to your partner, that's where things are going to crumble down. So, what would you say our younger generation fail at as far as relationships? Um, as far as failures go, uh, I'd say I'd say the our age group right now, the thing we're struggling with right now in 2018, um, is just really being able to like understand that like people aren't as frail as we make them out to be people are a lot stronger we try not to we try not to burden others with other things but the best thing about a relationship is it it gives me a chance to challenge my partner and she challenges me like she's had me think about things i never thought i'd have to think about um it actually put me through an existential crisis at one point i was kind of like what the hell are you asking me and where did you what did you do with my wife good god um i I think that once we realize that your partnership's not just to make each other feel better it's to help each other become a better person without relying on the other person um then the failure won't be there but until that that's probably our biggest failing right now so what would you say are the pros and cons of every relationship um 
I'll use I'll just use us as an example. The pros of our relationship are we we both believe a lot of the same things. I mean, there are things we do differentiate on as far as the details go, but it's it's never so much. And if it is if it is a huge difference, we tend to kind of find a middle ground and agree like, "Hey, you know, this is what I believe, this is what you believe, and that's just what the way it's going to be. Or, hey, you know, maybe it's actually this. And we both kind of come to that conclusion. Um, but a lot of times it's just about giving up power. Um, you know, in the Bible it, it talks about, you know, the husband's the head of the household. Um, and it says in, the, in Ephesians in uh, chapter 5 it talks about, um, you know, uh, women, uh, wives submit to your husbands. Um and a lot of people, a lot of people who are definitely womanizers, want to use that as like, you know, woman submit to me right now, you you dumb whore, you know, and which is not the right way to go about it. Um, and people do do that, uh, which is completely awful. Um, and I'll actually get into that in a second. Um, I think I think the biggest pro that you have to kind of look at is uh, for for the relationship as a whole is yeah, wives are supposed to submit to their husbands, but you got to remember Ephesians five twenty five is that you know husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, and if we don't love our wives, they don't have to submit to us. And if they don't submit to us, we don't have to show them the love. So what, what that's really saying is like, Hey, if you actually want to be in this relationship, you have to, you have to both be willing to put away selfishness and be able to, to, to do what you're supposed to. Like women are supposed to listen to their husbands, but men are also supposed to love their wives enough that they're not going to hurt them in any way. They're going to do what's right and take care of them. Um, and a lot of people want to make it about themselves when it comes to relationship, like we said earlier. Uh, another pro, I would say, is that we also have the freedom to be able to express our, our true feelings about something. Because, I mean, like, me and you could be the best of pals, and I'll tell you a lot of things. But I'm not going to come to you with a problem that I feel... It's too personal. I'm going to go to my spouse about that, right? So, like, if I have any doubts or insecurities, it's kind of hard as guys especially for us to kind of come to each other, and we have to fight against that, which I still struggle with every day. Um, but the fact that my wife, I can go talk to her like, hey, hun, i I'm having an issue with this, and it makes me feel like I'm not worth anything. And she's like, okay, well, here's why that's not true. And I, I really take a lot of a lot of stock in what she says but she also tells me at that point like hey you need to find a guy a group of guys to help you understand the same thing because once we hear it from our friends it becomes more of a, a nailed down stuck to the floor thing like hey this is really true it's not just a thought up in thought land in your <laughs> thought land that sounds like something you'd say about a a really bad club oh my god what am I doing? Um, <laughs> don't laugh at me, DeMarco. Don't you do it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not just in the clouds. It's, it's, it's really there. Like, I could say that I have an issue with, like, hey, I don't feel like people want to listen to me, which is something I do struggle with because I talk a lot and people try to tune me out, uh, like right now. Um, and, if you know, I'm like, people don't care about me. It's what my thought is. My wife could say, Brandon, people do care about you. Um, we know you're not going to change as far as talking a lot because that's never going to happen. I've always talked a lot. Um, but what you need to realize is that people, a lot of what you say, and I kind of came to this conclusion myself, and she's been trying to tell me this, but I didn't understand it until I actually said it to myself. A lot of what I say changes people. Because, like, I remember I've said something to my mom one time that just kind of cut her. And it wasn't a rude statement. It was just something I said to her. And after about a week or something, I noticed that she was she was 
changing the way whatever I said to her was happening. So, like, I could say, you know, like, um, just as a dumb example, you look dumb with those glasses on. And the next, the next week or so, I don't see her with those glasses on anymore. Well, it's not, she's going to say that, you know, it's not, you know, she just doesn't want to wear them anymore. But in reality, what I've done is I've said something to her that made her change. Now, that's just a negative example. I've said positive things, too, that have made people change the way they do things. Like, I've told somebody they could sing really well, and they never sang before um, a lot until I said that to them. And so, like, that's just an example. I'm not saying I have miraculous powers. For the love of God, I wish I did. It would be so much easier. Um... But I look at it as like what I ha- what I say has a lot of weight to it, um, so I'm kind of proud of myself for that. Which I'm trying to use that for a force of good now. Like I like to speak, I like to speak good things into people, and when they're messing up, I'm going to be like, "Hey, you're you're really fucking up right now." But you know what? I'm still your friend. Let's get through this. I want to help you change, and if you don't want to change, I understand. But I'm going to make sure you understand why it'd be better if you did. Um, and so I think that the, the, that's one of the bigger cons, or what was that, pros or cons? Uh, one of the bigger pros that we have of a relationship is that we're able to um, push each other to be better. Um, a definite con of a relationship would be sometimes you're, you're kind of stuck in a relationship you don't feel like matters anymore, and you just kind of do it because it, it feels natural. Um, we're, we're creatures of habit. We don't like to change. No matter, even people that like to travel and do all kinds of things, never want to be stuck down. If your lifestyle had to change and you couldn't travel anymore, you wouldn't like it. We're, we're creatures of habit. We like to do what we do. We like to stay in the same routines. Um, when things change up, it's really hard. Like for me, I've always had a hard time with breakups. Um, and that's just from years of different doubts in myself. Um, and now if I got broken up with, that'd be a whole lot of legal proceedings and stuff like that. So I'm kind of glad my wife doesn't believe in divorce, neither do I. Now, murder, on the other hand, she might murder me again. Um, but I don't, I don't think that we, we tend to, um, um, but yeah, just, yeah, let me bring myself back. Uh, just kind of being those creatures of habit that's a definite con is that we don't want to we don't want to change and we have to realize that like sometimes you know relationships just isn't going to work out and so it'd be better for both of you to just kind of part ways um whichever way that is mutually or or not um and i think we kind of fell at not really doing what we need to in that another con uh is definitely um just feeling like your your identity is in that relationship because once you once you put your identity in relationships you're 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 pretty much doomed from the beginning um you're never going to have your own self-identity i i dated a girl who was like that and i think it really messed up her life honestly um but that's beside the point so if any what is one relationship you regret more than anything um, I've got a few that I regret things about, um, especially the, so the way some of them ended. Um, but I don't think I actually regret any of my relationships. I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I've learned something from each one of those. Uh, do I regret dating that person? No. Do I, do I hate that I dated that person? No. Would I probably be a little bit happier if I hadn't? Yeah, possibly. Um, 
but it, every every relationship that I had that kind of made me feel doubtful or feel, I guess we'll use the word regretful. Um, I've taken away something from it. Like my last relationship ended on a bad note, um, and it kind of taught me a lot about myself and about the way I, I acted toward people and how people acted toward me and the way they treated me. Um, the relationship as a whole um, just wasn't going to work because the the dynamic we both had. Um, and some of the things she did to me and some of the things I did to her and said to her, it just, it taught me a lot about what I needed to do and what I didn't need to accept either. Um, but as far as regrets go, no, I'm really glad that that happened because it taught me a whole lot about what a relationship is and what it isn't. Um, and I don't, I don't think that a lot of people tend to take, take a list of that and realize like, Hey, this is this is this way for a reason. I'm glad this happened, you know. I may not like you anymore. I may not ever want to see you again, but I'm thankful for the time that we spent together. And that's how you have to look at it. Um, forgiveness is a hard thing to swallow um, when it comes to giving it. We like to receive it, but we don't like to give it to other people. Um, and once we do that, we're able to kind of let go. Like, we've, me and her have been separated for seven years now. Um, and I messaged her and her husband. Just wanted to let them know, like, hey, I said something to you guys after we broke up about something that was going on with y'all. And I just wanted you to know that I'm sorry because what I said was very inappropriate and I was very rude. And I just wanted you to know that I'd like to let you guys know that I would... I, um, how did I phrase it to him? I just told him I was really sorry. And if they could forgive me, that'd be great. But I've already forgiven myself and I've forgiven her and them for everything that happened between the both of us. Um, did they reciprocate that? No, they, they threatened me and told me to go away, which was fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um... But at least I felt better about myself. Like, hey, I told you I'm sorry. That's what mattered. Um, and I've done that with other relationships too. Like, it's been years down the road. And I've kind of like been like, hey, I'm sorry I did this to you. And some of the girls that I've dated that are still my friends are like, oh, yeah, man, I, under I understand that now. Like, I'm really sorry that it happened that way. And I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, I was young and naive. And they see that I've changed. And I've even asked them, like, does it look like I've changed since then? Um, and one of my exes is, was like, yeah, you know, you, you're not that person anymore. And I'm really proud of you for the way you treat your wife and kids, you know. And it's not that I was a bad person in a relationship. It's just sometimes, like, we all have those little problems. Like, I was a really clingy person. Um, and I kind of still am sometimes, I think. Uh, but, like, one girl, I just would not let things drop at all. And so she's like, I've, I've had somebody just randomly message me. And she was just kind of like, hey, um, I've noticed some things about you recently, and I'm like, oh, God, is she trying to, you know, get me to cheat on my wife kind of thing? And she's like, no, I just wanted you to know that, like, I see that there was, remember these issues we used to have? I see that you've changed those. I just want you to know that I'm proud of you for getting that done, like, because I know your wife really appreciates it. I don't know your wife on a personal basis, but, like, I can see how happy you guys are, and I know it's from that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, thank you for kind of telling me that I've changed since then. It kind of makes me feel better about myself and realize that I'm on a good track. Now, am I always on a great track? No. Um, which, if you want to, if we want to talk about that in a little bit, we definitely can on the podcast. Um, because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's happened between me and Ashley in our marriage. Um, that's never it's never been a perfect marriage. We've always made it work, and we've always been in love with each other. Um, so, and I and I say that we love each other because I see the differences between the relationships that I, in the word regret regret. Um, but I don't actually regret any of them. It's all been it's all been a learning process. That's that's what dating is. Dating is preparing you for getting to the ultimate part of being in a marriage well there's one thing I have to say you know you said not, you don't regret the relationships you learn from them mm -hmm. 
Well, to say I learned from my relationship last year that actually it's taught me a lot. So, you know, I was engaged last year. Mm-hmm. More than once, but you know of one of them more than anything. And the communication was just there was lack of communication. And I would go to work, not message her at all while I was at work, even when I went on break. But it got to the point where I was apologizing every day at every moment because of that. Well, long story short, you know that we end up breaking up. Pretty much she called off the whole engagement while I was at work by blocking me on all social media. And I was going through a loss of a best friend and everything at the time. So if it's one thing that I learned from that relationship is that things might not end the way that you want it to. And you might not get that closure. But instead of holding on to something, you have to try to figure out how to get the closure for yourself so that you can move on. Because... If you can't move on from that relationship, then any other relationship that you get into, well, actually, you'll try to base that off of your past relationship. And I think that I think we're all kind of we're all kind of uh, guilty of doing that because there was a lot of things that like I was really careful about doing with Ashley because of what happened in my last relationship, um, and it caused me to change a lot of the habits that I have. But yeah, it it kind of sounds like you put your identity in that relationship. Um, and now that you're out of it, you kind of realize, hey, I can't repeat the same thing. We can't have, we can't start back at square one like we did. We have to take what we learned, put it into a book, and move on because we've read the book, we lived the book. Now it's time to write the next novel. Um, I'm not going to say it's a new chapter because it's a whole different set of rules with a whole different person. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that I think that really that speaks to why we have to kind of realize that we have to move on to the next part and that forgiveness and realizing that like hey closure is going to be the best thing it's going to make us feel like we've accomplished something even in our even in what we consider our failure um i think the end of a relationship is not a failure it's more of a it's more of a continuation of what our life is going to be um and realizing what could be better So on to one of our controversy questions. What is your thoughts on open relationships? Um, like, a, like a friends with benefits issue, uh, I don't think they work out because we don't want to feel like we're competing for somebody else. Um, it also breeds ground for um, feeling like you don't uh, match up to somebody else. It kind of puts you in like this this fight or flight survival mode like you might actually kill the other person like especially if it's women women will get really catty and if it's men we'll start to get buffed out and you know like try to like uh, screw up each other and so like being being a part of an open relationship i just kind of feels it kind of feels like you're you you have a problem with uh commitment number one number two um that's not you know, people want to say that we're not built for monogamy when in the Bible it says something totally different. It talks about, you know, being with somebody and loving them for who they are and lo- or not loving them for who they are, but loving them and taking care of them in the way you're supposed to. Um, so I, I think the open relationships don't work. It's going to cause you to feel like you're a little bit 
less if you can't get that person to commit to you. And eventually it will get to you in your head. Um, and I've never heard of an open relationship lasting very long. Um, it just it just doesn't work out. Like, And I'll even say it with swingers. You know, A lot of swingers say, we've been together for so many years. Yeah, but you're one of those weird stories that it actually works with. And I'm promising other people that taking that risk and that gamble is not worth it. Um, the best thing you can do is to, if you, if somebody says, oh, you know, I'd rather have an open relationship is just to say, Hey, I don't want that. And if you can't, if you can't abide by that, then I don't think we should be together. Um, which is tough to do because, you know, we don't want to go through that, but you also don't need to put yourself through that kind of relationship where you just feel like you're always competing with somebody else. So, you know, the other day when I was Right before I started making these questions, I saw something on Facebook. It said, I'm always like mashed potatoes. I'm sitting on the side in a relationship. <laughs> so that made me. So that, that's what brought this question because if you're the side piece, then you know, you really can't, and you go out, you can't take those pictures and post them on social media because of the fear that they're significant other or whatever they may be might find out so like so like you're talking about even like in a cheating relationship like you're the you're the one that the cheater is using to cheat on their significant other too um yeah and if, if that's the case bro or sis you you need to move on that's that's not something you need to be a part of um i had a, I had a football coach in high school um for the for the one season that i played um, was not a big fan of football. Love rugby. Um, it, he said, you know, if a girl's got a boyfriend, you know, and he's not around, he said, what, what, you know, what does it matter if I flirt with her and she decides that she wants to be in a relationship with me and I steal her away? Or he's like, you know, it's not no skin off my nose. It's it's on them if they can't keep their woman happy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I remember even then back in ninth grade, I was kind of like, that's that's not cool. That that shows you don't have respect for other people. Um, and you don't respect yourself if you don't feel like you can get somebody that's available. Um, you you don't ever need to break up a marriage. You don't need to break up a relationship just because you can. I don't think that's appropriate. And it also causes more issues for yourself. Um, and if you don't believe me, go ahead and try it and see what happens. Because it never ends well. I promise you that. I remember having a friend. She played soccer. And I played soccer back when I was in high school for two years. Before having to give it up due to concussions but she said um just because soccer has a goalie doesn't mean that you can't score so at that moment i was literally thinking i don't care if she doesn't have a boyfriend or not i'm never going to try to go for her and from that day forward we haven't talked but a few of my other friends like you know she's right but uh you know i kind of made a joke out of it because but it's not something to really joke about because it's serious yeah and it's not something to be taken lightly ever and that's something that our younger generation i would say takes very lightly yeah um marriage marriage doesn't take priority anymore in anybody's lives it's it's all about them and what they want and if they just happen to find somebody that's better, they're going to go with that. And I think that we have to fight hard to keep that from happening. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, it's okay to look at other people. 
I mean, it depends on what you mean. Like, if you look at another woman, you're like, wow, she is good looking. Um, that's a natural human thing. Or if a girl looks at a guy and says, wow, he's really cute. That's a natural human thing. How we act after that is what really determines everything. If we decide that we're going to pursue that while we're in a relationship, that's what puts you in the wrong. And that's what messes up your entire life and others around you. Um, especially when, when marriage or kids are in the mix. It can really screw up a family. So, down to our final two questions. How does a relationship grow into a marriage? Um, you, you, you have to be on the same page, definitely, when it comes to marriage. If you end up finding out, like, you know, I want three kids. Oh, I don't know if I want kids at all. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing. You, you can't really... I don't think there's a middle ground on that, Um because the person who wants three kids may want less kids later on, but the person who doesn't want kids may or may not resent that. So you're kind of taking a gamble there. My wife and I both said we wanted like three or four kids. And then we got to the second one and we're like, oh, no, we're not going to have any more kids. And then number three is here or on the way, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely not having any more kids after this. But uh, God definitely held us to our word on that, that we wanted to have three kids. And so, by God, we're having three kids. Um, Do I regret having any of our kids? No. Um, I love I love my middle child just as much as I love my oldest, just as much as I love my youngest. Um, so getting into how a relationship grows into a marriage, um, you have to definitely be on the same page. Once you're into that marriage, too, um, you kind of have to, like I said before, throw your pride aside. Make sure that, you know, you forgive each other as much as possible. Apologize. Um, you really want to set up everything for the best. Um the best thing to do is just to have an open line of communication. Don't hide things from each other. That's that's the, the quickest way to kill a relationship when it comes to trying to grow it into a marriage. Um, also, you just have to be ready to take bold, make bold moves. Um, I had the choice, either propose my wife when I did, or I could have waited a little while longer, and I probably would have pussied out on it. Um, but what I did was I just went straight up and asked her out. I was like, hey, can I marry Ashley? And he tried to talk me out of it um, in, in, in not so many words. Uh and but he told me he's like but i would love for you to marry her um and so i you know i said hey this is gonna happen and so i waited for her to come back from a trip and i proposed to her um was our engagement easy hell no we had fights and all kinds of things that happened while that was going on and i'm really glad that they happened it really sucks that they happened and it was really sad some of the things we talked about but it kind of helped us realize who the other person was um and then even even in our even in your marriage you're gonna have issues um I already talked to Ashley about this. She said there was no off-limits answer. Um, So I'll just go ahead and say it. And this is something that could have ended my marriage. And we should have never built our relationship into a marriage if this had continued. Um, My problem with relationships is when I was young, I tried to get into a lot of relationships. um, Because I was used to kind of like dating girls I didn't really see all the time. Um, And so like I would also flirt with other girls. And I was never a cheater. Um... But I kind of didn't have the sense of like, of this is these are the rules and regulations. This is the the playing field. If you step out of that, you're out of bounds. Um, so at one point, um, I was on something with an older friend of mine, and she had said something to me, and I made a very inappropriate statement to her about her and her friend. Um, and we both laughed about it, and we just kind of carried on and. 
you know, I didn't think anything of it. Well, my wife happened to, I showed my wife some things and she happened to come across that message and looked at it. Um, and she broke down. She was pregnant with Kellen. We were living in a house together. We were renting and, uh, we'd been married for about a year or two. Um, and in her mind that was cheating. And I looked and I looked at it and I tried to, I tried to make it seem right like oh no Ashley you know she's she's a lesbian which she was um and I tried to make it sound better than it was I tried to make I tried to you know justify it was the word I'm looking for um I was like you know oh no it's not a big deal she's a lesbian nothing's ever going to happen and that she goes but the fact of the matter is you still said that to this girl a girl I don't know and it's a, another woman and it took me a while to quit justifying it and like telling her that yeah it's okay and now I look back at it I'm like Oh, no, no, that's not okay. And I thought about how I'd feel if my wife talked to one of her ex-boyfriends, or even a gay guy, and she said something like I said to that person. Um, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, man, that makes me really upset or really mad. Um, and so I had to sit back and look and be like, I did this to you, Ashley, and she's forgiven me for it. It still hurts, but... I've forgiven myself. She's forgiven me. It took me longer to forgive myself than it took for her to forgive me. Um, but since then, we've had two other kids, so I guess I'm doing something right now. Um, but I, I just kind of realized at that point, like, hey, what I did was not right, and there's nothing I can do to make up for it. Um, but what I can do is not do it again. What I can do is be better than I ever was. Um, I... I've almost ruined our marriage for anger problems. Um, Ashley and I have had to go through marriage counseling twice at our church um, because of me, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I've caused a lot of issues in my marriage. Um, we had that boomer pastor, Robert Morris, that came and talked, and he said, you know, he was a womanizer, and he was, you know, women can't do this, women can't do that. Now, I mean, we make those jokes, too. I still think women can't drive when it comes to commercial vehicles. Lordy mercy, we have one girl that works with us. I just, I'm ready for her to leave. <laughs> But back to the main point. I think that's just her. Uh, my my wife realized that I'm not that person and that I really messed up. And she was willing to give me that second chance. My wife also gave me two more chances for another issue. Um, but I think she knew what I was inside and that it wasn't me and other things were happening. And it's true. Um, I suffer from depression and anxiety. I suffer from nervous behaviors. I we're pretty sure I have PTSD. I'm speaking to a doctor about that a lot now. Um, and it seems that I do have it. I'm showing all the significant signs. We just, I know it sounds stupid, like you either have it or you don't kind of thing. And I do, but we just haven't kind of put that in my chart kind of stuff. So I don't want to officially say it. Um, but I've realized that I can't use all that as an excuse or as a crutch. Um, the, the number one thing is that I have to take responsibility which a lot of our generation won't do. We won't take responsibility for our own problems. Um, and once I started doing that, our marriage got a lot better. Um, I'm quicker to think about what I'm doing than I am quicker to do it. Because um, if I don't stop and think, I'm bound to do something stupid. Um, and I have to think, like, is this really worth it? Am I going to lose my wife or kids over this? And if I'm going to, or if it's a, uh, they might be upset, I'm not going to do it. Alright, and the final question. If the relationship is bad, why should you force it or should you force it? Um, again, I don't I think we're creatures of habit and we just wanna make it 
work because we don't want to give up and do something new or be alone. Um, nobody likes being alone. Uh, even mountain men who were out by themselves, uh, you know, securing the frontier for future people to come through. They even had rendezvous. They got together once a year or more. Um, you can't do life alone. Um, so I think a lot of times we try to keep that from happening. Um, but the bigger thing we have to realize is that we we can't force something. Once you start to force something, there are cracks that happen. Like imagine if you tried to shove a square peg in a round hole. It, it sounds impossible, but here's the thing: when you when you do that, you can you can eventually make it happen, right? But are there not going to be cracks in that peg because it doesn't fit? Um, can you put a, a can you put a floppy disk in a CD drive? For those of you that don't know, back when we were kids, we had these little squares called floppy disks. So uh, all you young kids, you know, hopefully you'll you'll look this up now that I've said it. Say uh, floppy disk F L O P P Y. I'm okay. I'm just joking. Um, you kind of have to you kind of have to uh, realize that at that point that making something happen that isn't gonna happen isn't worth your time. Um, you don't need <laughs> you don't need to um, you don't need to force a bad relationship if it's bad you either need to work to make it happen um, by, by asking others to help you um, and if you've already done that and there's nothing changing especially just part ways and begin anew either by yourself or with somebody else later on down the road uh, forcing anything is always going to cause cracks and cracks lead to failure and failure leads to more hurt So they'll wrap it up for Living Inspiration. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Brandon McCright for being on my podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not a relationship uh, guru, and I'm definitely not uh, certified for any kind of thing like that. But um, I always think it's great to be able to share how I feel about things in order to make other people understand, you know, what, what doesn't work. Um, Especially when I've had all these issues and I've still had a great marriage after six years, which is right before and right after the times of the biggest the biggest hardships you can ever have. You usually have the worst parts of your relationship in the third and the seventh year. So I'll let you know how six and seven go eventually. But, um, yeah, thanks again so much. So until next time.